Welcome, everybody. Uh, this is going to be our Christmas special for this year. Um, I'm going to be running it, so um, buckle up for that. I've been practicing how to speak more quickly, so this shouldn't be a 10-hour uh, version of a three-hour one-shot, so that's good. <laughs> I'm running um, uh, Emily, John, Leland, and Elena through a uh, pre-made one-shot. The title of it is Assault on Krampuschacht. Sorry, Krampuschnacht. Created by Ralph Clark, written by James Varner, um, edited by R. Lee Brown. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun little one-shot. It's not not too long. I like one-shots that don't overstay their welcome, so I'm excited. We will be um, hearing from at least one character uh, that folks will have heard before. But I'll go around and get everyone to introduce uh, the characters they're going to be playing tonight. Why don't uh, we start with Elena? Uh, most folks, I think, will already know Elena's character, but remind us who you're playing, what their backstory is. Hi, I'm Pyra. I'm a fire Janassi druid, uh, level five. Uh, I'm pretty chaotic and, uh, you know, tousled, red flaming hair, charcoal, black skin, you know, the works, you know. Uh, I'm not the youngest uh, chick in the... Chicken, the how's that saying go? I don't, I'm okay. Um, but you know, <laughs> I do what I can. Thank you, Pyra. Emily, you want to go next? Yeah, hi, I'm Amelie. Um, actually, I wait, hold on, let me say it right. I am Amelie Mandola. I am a warlock. Prepare to die. <laughs> you had to look that up. Yeah, you had to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get the the way I wrote it right. Okay. Anyway, I am a tiefling warlock. I have dark brown, red hair, orange red skin, some pretty horns sticking up. I wear frilly dresses. Uh, I have very bubbly personality, and yet I worship Shar, the mistress of night. Uh, I come from a very long line of warlocks, and I am the chosen in my family. Wow. (laughs) I play Amelie in our Diamond Head campaign in our Discord, and Leland plays my brother, Londali. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Leland, do you want to go next? Sure. I'm playing Bebop the Shellless. Only here to make Bill sound faster. Yes. <laughs> Bebop, Bebop uh, is a green dragonborn uh, level three fighter, level three artificer. Of course, he had to multi-class. But he grew up in uh, a, a pleasant little place, idyllic, his family would say, called Shelvana, raised by tortles. He believes he is a tortle. He is uh, oblivious to his dragonborn heritage. And, of course, as, as a young uh, tortle born, he, his siblings called him shellless because, of course, he has no shell. So as he came into adolescence and then eventually adulthood, he had to construct his own shell. On his back, he wears a shield, a metal shield that has a, a painted what are they called? The, a pluralic pattern of like a, of a turtle shell on, uh, on his shield. 
And, uh, yeah, he wears, like, heavy plate armor. He's very kind of bulky. Um, he has a, uh, his, his armor has, like, a block and tackle kind of strung across it haphazardly. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. He's, kind of, he's a bit of a pacifist. He, he, he left Shelvana to share his own shell, metaphorically, to, to expand his shell to others who might need the protection that he found developing it for himself. All right, and last but not least, John, who are you playing today? Hi, I'm Cloaca. Uh, people call me <laughs> Chloe, but I'm not yeah. sure why. Um, <laughs> I grew up in a small village. They called me the village idiot. I assume I am, but uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm a little smarter than people think. She is a uh, fighter champion. She is a... You, Brandishes a shield and sword, and she uh, is there to protect and help everybody. But she's not the brightest uh, person <laughs> in the room. Leland, what was your multi-class artificer and what? Fighter. Fighter, okay. But you're a pacifist. Yes. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> well okay. i i mean i took the the protection fighting style and he, I, i'm a battle master so i have the superiority die to spend and, and do maneuvers and in the base player handbook there are only three maneuvers that do not deal damage and guess which ones oh, <laughs> bebop <no>. took <laughs> yeah <laughs> unbelievable we're screwed I do not want my first DMing session to be a TPK, okay? Ah, so. Bebop will protect He's you. Memorable. Amelie's here. Amelie Ooh, can deal some, we can run. some damage. His metaphorical sh shell will protect everybody. <laughs> very good, very good. All right. Um, I believe all of you are at least level five. I said you could be five or six, so that's about what this um, one-shot is going to be uh, geared towards. Uh, without further ado, I will... Um, go through the backdrop of this story. So, uh, the evil plan of Krampus. Centuries ago, St. Nicholas battled with the evil spirit of Krampus. After defeating him, he forced the foul beast into servitude. The Krampus was compelled to deliver coal to naughty children across the land, every now and then dishing out punishment for especially naughty children by kidnapping them and bringing them to his lair in the underworld where horrible punishments await. Over time, the Krampus grew resentful about his servitude and sought out the help of powerful holiday deniers who might help him usurp great Santa Claus. He learned of one who was once a great foe of Christmas spirit, but had supposedly been reformed. However, upon reaching out to the legendary Grinch himself, Krampus found him reverted back to his mean ways, as if remade or rebooted, and eager to squash the holiday joy. Together they hatched a fiendish plot to destroy Christmas forever. Foolishly believing that all of Santa's power is granted to him by the belief of adoring children, Krampus seeks to ruin Santa's reputation by delivering dangerous, faulty, and flawed toys and games to children around the world. To that end, Krampus recruited an army of evil elves and placed them under the supervision of the Grinch, the mean one, put them to work, building a factory to mass-produce replacement toys that are either defective, deadly, or cheap knockoffs. When they receive these bogus gifts, children around the world will be devastated, and the legend of St. Nicholas tarnished forever. Without children worried about Santa watching over them, they won't even try to be good, and that will leave them fair game for the Krampus to claim. 
Far away on the North Pole, word of this insurrection crept through the elven underground, finally reaching the ear of Santa Claus himself. Kringle wasn't going to take this threat sitting down. After all, the Jolly One didn't reach the pinnacle of holiday goodness by being weak or a fool. So he sends his elite elf hit squad, who he lovingly refers to as Santa's Little Slayers, to take the Krampus down and put an end to his evil plot before it's too late. So that is the story of what we're doing today. You all are going to be transported to this location where these dastardly deeds are happening by Santa's sleigh and reindeers. You're going to be dropped off. You'll be, they'll touch down in the woods uh, just a little ways off uh, where there's a bit of a clearing and where it's safe from uh, evil eyes. It's December 4th, which is the day before Krampusnacht, which means Night of the Krampus, when the demon can make his presence known in public. So that's when he plans to make his move to ruin his arch nemesis, St. Nick, forever. So where you're dropped off, you won't be able to be detected, but you will be able to see sort of these, these blooms of reddish-black smoke that are rising up in the distance, just kind of through the trees or over the treetops, you can see this. Uh, you might be able to hear a little bit of sort of uh, rumbling and like noises uh, that a factory might make. Um, and you smell a bit of a kind of chemically factory manufacturing smell, like engines burning coal or oil and that sort of thing. Each of you is given a jar of eggnog um, from Santa um, before you departed. And uh, should you decide to use it, it, it basically functions like a potion of healing. So 2d4 plus 2 health uh, can be healed with that. And you're going to need it. <laughs> so, um, you're welcome to, uh, I assume, make your way towards the smoke you see in the distance. Is this eggnog spiked? Does it have any alcohol in it? I Drink it! I don't think that's very smart to get liquor now. Liquor makes everything better. I mean, if you really want to know, just try it. Yeah, well, I don't want to waste it, though. Okay, then stop your wondering. None of us know. Would Santa give you liquor? I mean, yes. if he really liked me. Have you been a good girl, Amelie? I'm always good in my way. <laughs> the frick does that mean? <laughs> you see uh, Dancer and Blitzen sort of pawing the ground uh, frustratedly and snorting a bit shaking their heads back and forth. They don't seem to approve of you drinking it just yet. I boop him on the nose. I'll go up to him and go, Boop! Aren't you the cutest? They do seem to like that quite a bit. <laughs> I'll tickle him under the chin. <laughs> <laughs> Could I get a boop? <laughs> I'll go over to you and I'll go up on my tiptoes and I will get right up in your face and I'll go, with my finger. <laughs> I Beba smiles. I should change my name to Beboop. <laughs> I'll happily does. call you that. <laughs> Let's go, Beboop. <laughs> as you as you start walking, you you hear the uh, the reindeer starts to gallop away, picking up speed, and they take off. I'll wave to them. Away. Who knew reindeer could fly? 
I thought those were dogs. Crazy. <laughs> those weren't dogs? <laughs> no, they're reindeer, Cloica. Do you know what a reindeer is, honey? I don't know. I assume they're wet all the time. What? Why? Because you're constantly being rained on. Oh, you're so silly. Oh, you're helpless, honey. <laughs> what? Never mind. This reminds me of a story from my home. We don't have time. Savannah. We gotta go. Uh-oh. Let's walk and you can tell us a story as we walk. I think I'm cold. And I'll grab your arm and I'll start walking. Oh my gosh, go. what am I, your mother? <laughs> Amelie, why are you so nice to them? To whom? Okay, never mind. <laughs> so I want to hear nice? the story. I do too. Let's tell us the story as we walk closer to this nasty looking factory. How did we get these <laughs> three people? Well, in you see, in Shelvana, it rarely rains and when Chloe mentioned the word rain I thought of the sole days in which it does once a year and on that day everyone would hide up nice and tight in their shells and as he's saying that he pulls on one of the the cores of the block and tackle and his whole armor set and his shield on his back shift up until just his eyes see as if he's reverted into his own makeshift <laughs> shell. And you see, it kind of echoes, echoes when we speak, speak in our shells, shells, shells. That's nifty. I'm going to try and look into your shell. <laughs> I need a shell. I need a new oh, partner. Like, needs a shell. I need a new party of adventurers. This is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, Pyra, you know you like us. You just like me because I spoil ya. I skip up to you and I grab your arm and I start walking with you. Arm in arm. <sighs> I sigh because you're the one I like the most so far. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get any better. <laughs> So is it is it snow covered? Is it I can't remember if you said what Yeah, the yeah. This is like. um this is a very snowy um area that you've come to. You're in um in a forest where there's, you know, some evergreens, uh any of the trees that aren't evergreens, which are few, um, have lost all their leaves. It's very much winter time. Um it's not um you know extremely cold to the to the point where you, you feel like you're you're gonna freeze if you don't get inside soon, but it's certainly it's certainly winter. There's snow everywhere. And just as you get to the edge of of the these trees that you've been walking through, you can now see this large building looming off in the distance. It's a massive toy factory. It rises up out of the forest, casting a huge shadow across the nearby trees in the moonlight. It's an imposing three-story building, and it towers over the trees, looming menacingly. The bottom two stories are long and rectangular, resembling a normal toy factory with several chimneys and smokestacks on the roof pumping reddish-black smoke into the air. The whole structure is topped with a massive sphere resembling a snow globe. Swirls of white snow can be seen moving inside the giant glass dome, and a horrible cackle reverberates through the countryside, the evil laugh of the Krampus. 
the Grinch's factory has a large double door entrance flanked by two large, poorly constructed snowmen that are sort of toppled over. There are also sort of some windows um, here and there along the building as well. And our instruction from Santa was to take out Krampus? Put an end to Krampus's plans to oh, okay. destroy Christmas. So destroying the factory would be an accomplishment. Certainly a potential route, yes. Look at the snow globe! It's so pretty! Oh, I do love Christmas! It's my favorite holiday! It is the best time of year, isn't it? Other than, you know, the Mr. Sonight's once-a-year gatherings. Those are really fun, too. The most wonderful time of the year! What did you ask for for Christmas? Oh, I asked for a new sacrificial dagger and some shurikens and um, some other sharp things. Oh, and a whip? And <laughs> she rattles on like 20 different things. Oh, that's wonderful. I just asked for some toys. Yeah, me too. Maybe some of the toys in this factory might be fun to play with. Yeah, maybe. Well, I asked for the patience to deal with you three. That was very wise of you. I know, right? <laughs> I hope Santa grants you that wish. <laughs> <laughs> but probably after this adventure. <laughs> what are all of your uh, passive perceptions? 15 for Chloe. 12 for Amelie. 13 for B. 17, baby. Chloe, you notice that... Um, it's obvious to everyone that these snowmen look kind of, you know, disheveled and falling apart a little bit, but you wonder if out of the corner of your eye, you see one of them move a tiny bit. You're not sure if it's just, you know, your mind playing tricks on you or not, but... Did you see the snow move? There. The big ball. You saw the snowball move? Yeah, I think. I mean... Not quite sure. How far away from it are we? You tell me. How how far? Thir uh, Thirty have you foot. Guys walked? <laughs> Thirty feet. Okay. That way I can get there if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just I'll just look at it and see if it moves again. Stop in my tracks and just point. No, it it it's it's not moving at all. You're you're not. Again, not totally certain that it did, in fact, move, um, but it's certainly not moving now. I'll pull my longsword out and walk up to it. Does it have stick arms? Uh, it does, yes. I want to cast Mage Hand, and I can use... Um, I'm going to send the Mage Hand up there, grab one of the stick arms, and make it wave. Hi, Chloe! Look, it's waving to you! So as... <laughs> As you do that, and as Chloe begins to get closer with sword drawn, we're going to need to roll for initiative. Ah. <laughs> sort of felt that coming. Oof. Uh, Bebop got an 8. Chloe has an 11. Amelie did even better with a 5. <laughs> 17 for Pyra. As Amelie withdraws one of these um, stick arms from the snowman and also um, with Chloe 
advancing on it with a sword. They quickly sort of start to move and get a bit taller, and all of the snow falls off to reveal two zombies that were disguised as snowmen (laughs) guarding the doors. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Indeed. The snowmen are stripping! (laughs) (laughs) You excited, Cloaca? (laughs) No. Confused. So, um, zombie number two is going to be going first initiative. He's going to start shambling towards Chloe, trying to close the distance. Can't quite uh, make it there. He's going to move towards Chloe um, and stop about 10 feet short. And that's it for zombie two. Uh, Next up is Pyra. Well, Pyra was ready to... uh produce flame or something but now they're not ice and snow she just something about seeing a zombie is gonna make her feel primal so she's gonna she's gonna cast the cantrip primal savagery and so on her turn she channels her primal magic to cause her teeth and fingernails to sharpen and uh, she moves her full movement because if we're 30 feet away, I can I can do a melee attack. Okay. Well, visually, that's very scary. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> On Zoom. Oh. <laughs> so Pyra gets her nails and teeth out, and then she goes right up in his face and goes... And misses. How do you know that? Because I rolled an eight. Okay. That is a miss. <laughs> 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 so I guess I stay there and my teeth and nails go back to normal it's chill now So uh, next is Chloe okay so I'm gonna close the 10 foot gap that remains pull my shield up take my long sword and, and swipe across uh, trying to take it right in the main part of the body so first attack the 21 to hit that's a hit 17 points of damage Second attack, 14 to hit. That's a hit. Uh, and that's 21 points of damage. So I sort of go up and I'll look over at Pyra as her, her claws reach out. I'll sort of take a sidestep a little bit and then swipe twice with my sword and try to make purchase onto its main part of its body. And after those hits, this zombie is looking very, very hurt, barely able to stay standing that's it for me bebop you're next i'll gonna run up to the other one so i chloe and power on the same one right mm-hmm. all right i'm gonna charge up to the second one uh, get right up to it if i can and i'll take the dodge action so i'll reef on the block and tackle again go up into my shell as i pull my shield out from my back in front of me and uh until the start of my next turn, any attack roll made against me has disadvantage if I can see the attacker, and I make dexterity saving throws with advantage. And that's it. Very intimidating. <laughs> All right. Um, next up is the zombie that you just ran toward. So he sees you front and center. He's going to start shambling towards you. 
able to close the distance, he's going to try and make an attack. So he holds both of his fists up above his head and just comes slamming down to try and smash right into your, basically the, the top of your shell, your head area. And rolls a two to hit. <laughs> so unfortunately, I'm safe in here. <laughs> he seems very uh, frustrated with the outcome of this. And Amelie, you're up next. Beep boop. I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast on the zombie in front of Beep boop. Okay. Boop boop beep doop. <laughs> Your bee does now. A twenty-five hit it. Dang. Yes, that is certainly more than enough. Uh, uh, on a hit target takes two d ten because there's two beams, so it's one d ten and one d ten. You get the roll hit for each beam. Shoot. Okay. Well, the first one is eight points of damage. Okay. Rolling for the second beam. And that's force damage. Yeah. 17 to hit for the second beam. That's a hit. And that's only five damage. And then for my bonus action, I want to use my mage hand to push the first zombie, the zombie that is next to Cloaca and Pyra. Mm-hmm. And it needs to... I can telekinetically shove it with my mage hand. Dang. Ooh. Um, it needs to do a strength save. That's an eight. It needed a 15, so it gets pushed five feet back. Now, are you going to rule that that provokes an opportunity attack for both I of them? Was, I was just going to ask. No, it doesn't. Damn. I'm the creature DM has to move of its own volition. I'm sorry. I'm You're the right. DM now. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Very good. Very, very good. All right. We're at the top of the... Uh, Top the initiative again with Pyra. And the guy that got pushed is like still close-ish? How far does he get so pushed? So he would be uh, five feet kind of to the okay. right-ish of Chloe. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to put Is it Chloe my... or Chloe? Chloe. Who says Chloe? That's Mrs. Cloeca to you. <laughs> Pyra's pissed and she's going to get her nails and her teeth out again and... Because Pyra's nuts, she's gonna bite a zombie. Disgusting. Ugh. You're gonna bite his bite part of his ear off. <laughs> I gotta roll the hit. Sorry. Um, you might get sick doing that, Pyra. That's a nine to hit. Oh no, not like that. We'll be fine. <laughs> I just suck at so using that. That's a miss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You seem to be. You know what, maybe be... I, like, get close, but it's, like, disgusting and grossing me. It actually is grossing me on. It's like, I can't do yeah. it. Yeah. Something about these undead creatures, I think, is really just getting under Pyra's skin. Unappetizing. Yes. Next is zombie number two. That's the one that just got pushed. It's going to shamble its way back to Chloe. And, again, raise its hands up above its head and try and smash down. And that is a 16 to hit. Uh, Nope. Uh, right. So I will use. Wow. I'm gonna. Mm, no, it's early in the game. Well, I'm not gonna do anything. No, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll just smile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, next up is Chloe. As I continue to smile, I will also attack. That is a 20 to hit. That's a hit. You're attacking the one that's right beside you, I assume. Same one that was coming at me. Okay. Um, That's uh, 15 points of damage. And what what type of damage are you dealing? Uh, This would be slashing damage. Okay, perfect. And it is magical. Next attack is a 14 to hit. Uh, The first one, just before you do that, you have slain zombie number two. He just sort of slumps to the ground. And stay dead this time! And how far away is the other one from me now? About 15 feet, I would say. Okay, then I'll run over with my movement and take my second attack on that one then. I've softened them up for you, Chloe. (laughs) (laughs) 17 to hit. That's a hit. That's 20 points of damage. So I'm going to just take my hand and put it on the back of the pommel and take the sword and aim it towards the zombie and run over and just sort of jab it into the zombie and look back at uh, at Bebop and go, Good job! <laughs> okay, that is enough to put down zombie number one as well. Good job. Excellent. I'm gonna jump. Yay, we did it! Woo! Go Merry us! Christmas! <laughs> Are you good for something? Well, time to go home. Mission accomplished. Well done, group. No, this isn't, this isn't, we gotta go inside. <laughs> Wait. Are you sure we defeated the evil? We gotta get some presents. I would like to see what's inside the snow globe. Well, I bet it's probably snow. But, like, it's in the magic name. snow? Yeah, you can find all that out inside. Let's go. We'll get the toys. Before you can do much else, the commotion and yelling of celebration has been overheard overheard by some people inside. The doors burst open, and two evil elves come out, sneering and jeering, looking around for what's making all this commotion. What's going on out here? Oh, who are you? I'm Amelie, who are you? What'd you do to our snow zombies? Oh, well, they attacked us, so we attacked and killed them. I mean, they're zombies, they're supposed to be dead. Well, not this type of dead. To be clear, I did not kill anything. I am a pacifist. I would never. Well, my mom always told me you're only as good as the company you keep. You did soften him up for me. Well, my mom once told me that I shouldn't be so sad playing with my brothers and sisters just because I was born a little different. I like you just the way you are, Beeboop. Well, thank you, Amelie. My mother said I was an idiot. <laughs> Can I... Well, I Can like I sneak you attack the elves? The way you are, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot and all. <laughs> While we're doing this, can I throw an Eldritch Blast at them? Do you have like a, a special um, trait that allows you to do that? No. I was just wondering if you would let me. <laughs> I don't think so. We're distracting them with our banter. I don't know if that works. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we can roll for initiative uh, again. <laughs> 
Anyway, my mother was very nice growing up. I'm sorry yours was terrible, Chloe. How about you come with me back to Shelvana after all of this, and my mom can be your mom too. I can make you a shell as well. I want a shell. Yes. I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you just proposed to Chloe. <laughs> I'm going to take you back to my mom. Let me just get oh, one, down on one so knee first. Oh, you two are so sweet together. I love it. Well, that reminds me of the story of my mom. No time for stories. We gotta attack to the elves. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sh shut up. <laughs> We're fighting. Them's fighting words. Yeah. So these are fighting words. Elf I'm number two. <laughs> elf number two interrupts this foolishness <laughs> and throws an ornament that it pulls out of its little elfish bag. I think it's going to throw it at uh, Amelie because she was the one who was talking about killing the beloved zombie snowman. So. I didn't do it. <laughs> I just said we did it. <laughs> I couldn't even take a bite. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Amelie, can you please make me a deck save? <laughs> I love Pyrus so much. <laughs> Six. Six. All right, that is a fail. Too busy booping. Be boop. <laughs> Be boop. <Yes. laughs> Be boop. Uh, Emily, can you roll me a d6? Four. Above average. Yeah, usually when I roll high for something like that, it's usually like a bad thing. <laughs> it's like deep for stupidity, high. like Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> So that is 10 uh, psychic damage. This this gift uh, hurls toward you and explodes on impact. And a big hey! poof of purpley kind of foggy mist that surrounds your head. Hey, I didn't like that. Get off. Ah! So next up is uh, Pyra in initiative. So they're both standing basically in the doorway. Uh, yeah. They haven't ventured out very far. Okay. Which is about 15 feet from us, or are we closer to it than that? Yeah, 15 feet. Sounds good. About 15 feet, you say. Where's that one spell I have? Okay. Pyra's gonna... Pyra's gonna try to cast Burning Hands on these two, so... They're close to each other, correct? Yeah, they're about uh, five feet away from each... Uh, apart. So, I'm going to hold my hands up with my thumbs touching and my fingers spread and a thin sheet of flame shoots forth from my outstretched fingertips and each creature in a 15-foot cone must make a dexterity saving throw. <sighs> and she's going to say, Eat flames! Wait. That's I feel like I've heard that somewhere <laughs> okay, else before. That's flames <laughs> eat! <laughs> so, elf number one has a 15. Okay, that saves. Elf number two has a 12. That fails. A creature takes 3d6 damage on a failed save or half as much on a success. So, uh, 12 for the full damage and 6 for half. Cool. Very good. They do not like that at all. They're used to cold weather. 
and ah, acclimated right. to it quite well. And that has definitely not been an enjoyable experience. And Pyra goes, the weather outside is frightful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But the fire's right. third degree. The fire is so delightful. <laughs> All right, Chloe is up next. Okay, I'll, uh, you said about 15 feet away? Yep. So I'll, uh, sort of wipe my, I guess when I, yeah, wipe the goo off of my sword from the, from the last kill and, and turn around and look and look over at, uh, Bebop and go, so we're supposed to take them out too, right? I suppose if you were inclined to violence, not that I am, that a stabby stab would be beneficial in this situation. As he's talking, I run up and stab him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see you're gone now before I finished my sentence. <laughs> Uh, it's a 26 to hit. Mm, uh, just barely. That is one-handed 22 <laughs> damage. Did you attack the one on the left or the right? Ah, let's do the one on the right. Okay. Wait, my right or the dungeon master's <laughs> right? <laughs> Does that uh, take him out? Uh, not quite. Okay. So I'll, I'll look back at Bebop still talking, and go, you said kill them, right? Not just maim. I said no such thing. I stab. <laughs> <laughs> 26 to hit. Man, I'm rolling great. That's uh, a 21, hit. 21 points of damage. And that puts elf number two down. I pacifist this one down. <laughs> <laughs> elf number one looks over. How could you? I You're not going to get away with this. <laughs> Apparently, it was quite easy. <laughs> Leave some for the rest of us. Jeez. All right. Uh, Bebop, you're up next. <laughs> uh, boy, oh, boy. I feel like Bebop needs to take some uh, action against these murder hobos. And I'm going to... I'm going to throw my shield at this elf, but I'm not trying to do lethal damage. I just want to knock him out. Noted. Okay. <laughs> uh, 25. That's a hit. But that's only six bludgeoning. Okay. So I throw my shield, just a big, like, discus wind-up, and it bonks the elf, and it comes right back to me as if it's, it's enchanted. But as it's spinning, you can see on the underside of it where you would hold it right on your arm. While the top of it is that uh, pluralic pattern, the inside is this beautiful landscape uh, of Shelvana. It's a waterfall and this green meadow, uh, brilliant blue sky above it all. And it, even though it's spinning, you can just see it still underneath that shell. And it almost as if it like has its own kind of glow to it before I, Bebop catches it and puts it back on his back. How would we see it when it's spinning fast enough to It's magic. Fine? Okay. That's the magic of it. Don't wow, ask that's pretty. I love your shell, Beboop. Yes, my mother is very talented. 
Alright, so after Bibu, elf number one is up. And he is shook. You've killed his two zombie snowman guards and his buddy. He's going after the person who last hit him, which is Beboop. <laughs> oh no. Wait, I wasn't trying to kill you. <laughs> that was shell damage. <laughs> shell, shell shock. That's, a, <laughs> that's an 18 to hit. That is just a hit. That is my AC. All right. Your shield attack is called shell shock. <laughs> shock and awe. So again, reaching into his little elf uh, bag, pulls out an ornament. Could you roll me a d6, please, Leland? One. And could you make me a dex save, please? Two. <laughs> All right, so that's a fail. You will take uh, five fire damage. So this package hurls toward, hurtles toward you and explodes in uh, sort of like a miniature fireball or fire bolt, puffing around you in flames, singeing you a little bit. Oh, that's really pretty when it happens to somebody else. <laughs> I'm glad my pain could still bring you some pleasure, Amelie. You weren't hurt too badly, right? It's just a little singe. Uh, it stings quite a bit. <laughs> He'll be fine. I'm not so sure. Oh, I am. <laughs> I didn't know you could speak, Tortle. <laughs> I'm picking it up as we go. <laughs> <laughs> Your accent is spot on. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> John takes another sip of wine. <laughs> it's going to be a long night. <laughs> okay. Emily, you are up. Bottom of the order. I don't like you hurting my friends. Eldritch blasts two beams of purpley black shoot out. The first one is a... Twenty-two. Yeah. That's a hit. <laughs> and that is seven points of damage. Okay. And the second one is a <laughs> ten. That is a miss. I think the first one gave him a bit of a heads up, and he dodged just <laughs> in time to get out of the way of the second. And I'm going to use my mage hand to try and push him just for fun. Okay. So I make a, a shove. Is it a deck save? Strength. Strength save. Mm, that's not good. Uh, that's a four. <laughs> you failed. You're moved five feet uh, back. So you're shoving him back yeah. into the yep. factory. Yep. How wooed. In into the side of the factory. I want to push him into the building. All right. Top of the order is Pyra. Pyra's going to take a few feet steps closer so that she's within 15 feet. And she's going to um, do Firebolt. Okay. That's a roll to hit, right? Yeah, but like this time, instead of like the thumbs together, hands spread, Firebolt's like a, she pretends to wind it up like a, like a pitcher and like, like a, like a pitcher on the mound, chucking fire at them. Okay. I like it. And it's a 26 to hit. Oof. Are you good? 
Are you guys ever gonna roll like less than eighteen? <laughs> I have plus seven on that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Pretty good pluses at six level. So, That's a hit. I'll roll less than an eighteen. Okay, I'll yeah, do that for you. <laughs> I mean, I just I'll just continue to dodge and won't roll at all. How's that make you feel? <laughs> I uh, get to roll two d ten fire damage, and it's twelve total. Okay. Dang. Does not like that one bit. Yeah. And I'm going to say, but the fire is so delightful. Like, as I throw <laughs> All right, next up, Chloe. So how, how tall is this elf? Uh, not very. Like, if you were, you know, 5'10 or 6 foot-ish, uh, the top of the elf's head would come up to, like, your stomach, but then he's got a, a, a hat on which extends a little bit higher. Are there any uh, these ornaments that he threw earlier? Are there any of those like strapped to his belt or anything? They're in his bag. In his bag, okay. So I'm going to try to just grab him, reach into his bag, and grab one of those those uh, ornament grenades. Okay. So we want to do a contested grapple kind of thing, maybe? Um, Strength? Sure. Yeah, sure. All right. I rolled a 23. <laughs> <laughs> I have a plus seven. <laughs> yeah, we all have plus seven. Too. So you're successful. Can you roll a d6? I can. So you fell into the trap of the player asking you if you want them to do something they're the best at. Yeah, yeah. Leland, do Leland doesn't fall me? for that anymore. <laughs> yeah, actually, let me retcon that. I think that needs to be an intelligence um <laughs> so I I rolled a d6 and I got a four on that d6. All right, so you pulled out a purple package gift, Christmas gift. Okay, and uh, so you can throw those things. Um, you've seen a purple one already been thrown at Amelie. He doesn't usually pull out a purple package. I mean, if your package is purple, you leave that ring on for too long. <laughs> so I just want to throw him to the ground and then throw the thing at him. I don't know if you want me to let me do it on this turn if that's too many actions. Uh, yeah, no, I'll 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 allow it. Um, but you'll have to make another um, strength. We'll do another contested strength uh, to see oh, if you can okay. push him to the ground. Uh, twenty-one. That is a success. So you shove this poor tiny little elf <laughs> backwards. He trips, stumbles to the ground. His little bag goes, you know, skittering off to the left of him. He has a candy cane that was also on his belt, which falls um, onto the floor beside him. Does it break? It does not. It's very oh, sturdy candy cane. That's good. <laughs> it's how you can tell it's the right kind of candy cane. It's a good candy cane if it doesn't break when you drop And, um... I'll need you to make a uh, an attack roll to see if you can hit with that present. I get my dex bonus, I guess, maybe? Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I have to... I make a dex save. Uh, I'm going to make it at a disadvantage because I'm on... I'm prone. So I have to make a dex save to see if I uh, take half damage. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, I'm taking all the damage. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 2d6. All that uh, you, Do you want to roll 2d6? And then it's psychic damage. That is five on two d six. So I, I, so I pick him up, and his little legs are 
wobbling back and forth, and I grab into his bag and throw him down to the ground and chuck the, the ball at him. And then what's it look like? What's What kind of... It's a poof of purple, kind of foggy, misty smoke that surrounds his head. See? It's pretty when it happens to somebody else. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right, he's... he's uh, Looking very, very bad. Who's up? Who's up next in initiative? Is it? Uh, is it? It's Bebop. Bebop. I'll go look at Bebop and I go again, again. <laughs> okay, I suppose. Now I'm not trying to kill you, little buddy, but this is gonna hurt. And I'll throw <laughs> my shield again <laughs> for trying to non-lethal this guy out. Okay. Uh, is that like oh, actually shoot. a mechanic that you're yeah. referring to? Yeah, yeah. So how does like that if, work? If so, if if that attack would drop him to zero, it would render him unconscious rather than outright killing him. Okay. Yeah, we've chose to do that before in the regular. Uh, campaign. But I only rolled an eleven. Oof. Ooh, Oof. that's gonna be a miss. Okay, and the shield pops back to me. Um, I am gonna move right up to him though. I'll get okay. right. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. And uh, I guess that's it for me. All right, so next is this poor little <laughs> elf. He's going to stand up. Does that take half of his action or half of his... How does half his movement up speed. Half his movement speed. Gotcha. Okay. So he's going to stand I up. I would try and play dead, little guy. <laughs> And he's going to use his bonus action um, to disengage from Bebop. Actually, no. He's going to do a uh, multi-attack on Bebop with his candy cane. <laughs> it's a large candy cane, I might add, and it looks menacing. A cane-sized cane? The first is an 18 to hit. Yeah, that hits I think, though, I shall use a reaction and parry. I'm going to spend one of my superiority dice. Basically, I get to reduce the damage by the number I roll on my superiority die, which is a d8. Okay. So it's 10 bludgeoning damage uh, total. All right, well, I rolled a 3, so I'll take 7. And the next attack is a... Uh, 16? That's a miss. It's a miss. Okay. My old shell. And then uh, now, actually, he will use his bonus action for um, a nimble escape. He's going to disengage and run 15 feet uh, away from you back into the factory. Well, don't run. I can throw my shell, you idiot. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Chloe. I didn't mean to, me? to trigger you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and can, can we still see him? Okay, I'm gonna move up closer so I can see him inside the factory. I'm going to cast chill, chill touch, and you're gonna see a ghostly skeletal hand appear right at his neck and do a Vulcan oh. neck pinch on him. <laughs> Spooky! Oh crap! <laughs> I rolled a one. 
Uh, I told you I'd roll less than 18 for you, Bill. <laughs> this is just for you. I'm not standing next to you, am I? <laughs> I don't think anybody is standing next to him, next to the elf. Oh, true. I don't know how this works. How does this work? <laughs> well, rules as written, it would just miss. But if you would okay. like to add some flavor, that is completely up to you. So that misses. I think what happens is you, you see this hand starts to take shape and then it just sort of dissolves in a little I was pirouetting when I casted the spell and I slipped on the snow and lost concentration. Your form was off a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're lucky. I would have made that hand choke choke herself. (laughs) (laughs) I actually was thinking of that myself. (laughs) All right. So we're back up to the top of the order with Pyra. How far would he be now for running distance-wise? He ran 15 feet from Bebop, who I believe ran, went up about how far did you go up, Leland? I think I met him like a 15 feet forward, so he's like 30 feet back from where we all were. Okay. Are you still uh, clawed and fanged? Does that last for like a time period? That The primal, primal savagery? Thing? Yeah. No, that's just an instantaneous, like, as soon as I oh, hit or miss, it I disappears. Okay. It's a cantrip. You. you know what? Like, I don't even have to move, and I know this dealt a lot of damage to him, so I'll just fling another firebolt at him. 23 to hit. That is a hit. Uh, he. I rolled a 1 on my die, uh, so plus 2. No, wait, that makes no sense. I rolled a 1 and a 2 on 2d10. Okay, sorry. Uh, so Pyra's like, and since there's no place to go, throws, <laughs> throws the fireball, and it only does three fire damage because it's like it's twice as far away now. So maybe that's I'll blame it on that. Okay. <laughs> you know, with six second rounds, this song is flawless. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fire is so like two, three, four, five, six is now. Yeah, yep. Every six seconds, there you go. So he really did not, did not like that, and is looking extremely haggard. Bebop's trying to sing along, but because he's so slow, it's it's actually turns into more of like a round. It's like a round. (laughs) (laughs) He's at frightful, and I'm already. Yeah, he's still at frightful. <laughs> the elf is up. He's going to run up to where he um, left his bag on the floor when he was retreating, pick it up, and rummage around inside, pull out a present, and he's going to huck it at Pyra, who's the last person who attacked him. Yep. Yep. So, if you could make a uh, deck save, please. Am I next to Shakara? No. <laughs> My deck save is eight. And a d6 roll, please. Four? Okay. It's a purple present again. How many damn purple presents this guy got? <laughs> this purple present comes flinging towards you and explodes <sighs> sort of on your chest in this big poof <laughs> of purple mist. Goes. You can redo it. <laughs> Emily's the one who couldn't keep it together. A purple pearl necklace that I've always wanted. 
Purple, pearl purple present psychic <laughs> pearl necklace. <laughs> I'm more of a lower back kind of guy personally. But <laughs> so he hurls this purple present towards you and it explodes sort of on your shoulder. Just manages to hit you. And a big Still gets in your hair though. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are making me <laughs> This cloud of purple smoke engulfs your head and you take six psychic damage. Alright. Ouch! Right, Chloe, you're up. My brain hurts! Um, you have so a brain? This... Yeah, don't we all? Minus this... Quake. This door's <laughs> open, right, into the factory and I can see into the factory what do I see in there? Yes, you sure can so uh, you're in a, uh, a huge rectangular room There, w these elves would have been working away on their sinister little toys, there's some conveyor belts um, there's half finished toys uh, that, that you can see kind of hanging around and some things moving along on the conveyor belts you can see that there's sort of like explosive devices and other uh, dangerous things that are being put into these toys. And then uh, towards the back of the room, um, there's a doorway that leads somewhere. Do I see anybody else in the factory? You don't see what? anyone immediately uh, in this room. Okay, so I'll run up to the elf and uh, with my sword out and try to stab him. That's a 21 okay. to hit. That's a hit. 16 points of damage. And that is enough to fell this elf. So I jab the sword into him and I go, Now you're a pacifist! <laughs> and pull the sword back out. <laughs> there you go, Bebop! Yeah, she knows. <laughs> I... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's speechless, honey. Good work. You got him. Just trying to convert people. Oh, we're all the biggest pacifists. Well, it's not really a religion of sorts. It's more of a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we supposed to be doing in here again? So, these conveyor belts are still moving. They're sort of bits and pieces of toys, some half-completed, some look like they're finished toys um, here and there around. I mean, I'll walk in and go up to the conveyor belt and look at this stuff. If there's something that looks interesting, I might, uh, might pick something up. Let's go! I'll follow her in. Alright, here we go! Let's go! I picture this as like a big, open tall ceiling warehouse type of thing yeah it's a huge just a huge room um that would be used sort of like uh it's santa's workshop right like assembly lines and stuff yeah it's like an assembly line um where they're making these uh faulty dangerous toys to sort of destroy uh children's faith in santa claus chloe can you roll a d20 for me please 14 so as you approach this conveyor belt, a little toy train on the ground 
sort of starts to make a little bit of noise, kind of bounces around a little bit and starts chugging away towards you, letting off a bunch of loud toots. Toot, 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 toot. And it's puffing out smoke all around you. It's circling around your feet, making this these loud train toots and puffing smoke all up in your face, which is kind of making it difficult for you to see around. And it's going to just continue to do this wherever you you might go. It, it's it's intent on following you. I'm going to bounce on my feet and clap my hands. Oh, that's fun! Look at that little train! It's making little toots! We're all going to suffocate and die. I'll get down on one knee and pick up the train. This is cool! It's going to toot even louder. And then it's going to let off a, a big, loud train whistle. I don't think it likes that, Chloe. Maybe you ought to put it down or break it. Can I throw my shield at it? You can, yeah. It, it I mean, In Chloe's hand? I'm sort of holding it up hand. like a snake, right? So I got the train in my hand and okay. the, all the cars are underneath. <laughs> yeah, once it starts whistling, I want to whip my shield at it. Sure. You just want me to attack it? Yeah. Uh, well, that's a 26. Roll for damage. For... 10 bludgeoning. So mid-whistle, it sort of just cracks and squeaks down to a dull whistle and then just fades away. A little last puff of smoke comes up into Chloe's face. Chloe smiles, and then slowly her mouth goes down to neutral, then to sadness. (laughs) I pacified it. (laughs) Uh, unfortunately the damage has been done and the back doors swing open more friends and four more elves rush out what what did you do we brought more friends what's going on out here hey hey, who who are you guys we're here to destroy you (laughs) I don't think that's gonna happen today we already killed the other four. You killed them? We pacified them. Well, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Beeboop said. We pacified them. Well, no, I don't believe that I said that we pacified them. We took them out to the, the pasture. We pacified them. I think we're misusing that term. <laughs> They're no longer fighting. <laughs> well, that is actually very true, Chloe. We took him out. But the five is so delightful. <laughs> so the oh, one... I lost my place. I'll have to restart that part of the song. The weather outside. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. The one who's in the front who seems to be a little bit more cocky than the rest of them. The one who had already yelled at you. He's going to leap forward after taking a five or ten foot dash, jump onto one of these conveyor belts that's belting towards you guys. And he's going to use it to give him an ability to kind of close the distance. While he's doing this, oh, I guess he needs to roll for initiative, doesn't he? Son of a biscuit. I mean, you are Frickin the DM. You do D&D what you want. ruining my fun. <laughs> <laughs> How big are these elves again? They're all about the same size. Like they're they're very um, they're a little over maybe like two thirds the size of an average human. So three feet? three and a half feet something like that. Probably. Yeah, 
Why are you guys so interested in how tall they are? I just forgot. <laughs> I'm trying to picture it in my head. Visual visualization. I mean, it is oh, okay. without a map and stuff. I'm. That's why I keep asking. It's just hard. When a turtle hatches from an egg, they are quite small. Perhaps these fellows just recently hatched. I am rapidly attentive to what Beboop has to say. All right, so. When I fought out of my shell, it. <laughs> Do they look like they just hatched? Come on. Think with your dipstick. I mean, they're not wrinkly. Are turtles wrinkly when they hatch? Listen, we've got priorities. Well, I was quite scaly, but I hear my mother often tells stories of our hatchling days. That's what we call birthdays. And on my hatchling day, it took me I can't handle this! I can't handle this! We need to attack! To break out of my shell. Oh, please, I can continue speaking while we combat these new friends, as Emily puts it. Let's so, pacify them. I had rolled for initiative for this elf, and he was not going to beat the party's initiative, but since you're so enraptured with this story, that's a good call. Good he's going to get a surprise yeah. attack. That's DMing right there. I like it. Freaking rational. <laughs> it's a bit like herding cats playing with us, isn't it, Bill? <laughs> Bill's not the slow talker for once, and he's loving it. <laughs> it gives him time to think. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. What sort of um, uh, formation are you are you folks in? Like, who would be in the front? I think I was in the furthest because I picked oh, up the right, train. Oh, right. Yeah, you had walked up to the conveyor belt. Okay. I think the turtle is last. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I was I was probably at least 15 feet from uh, Chloe because I chucked my shield. So I'm back by Beboop, back still by the door. All right, I'm middle of the pack. Okay. So this door is, is quite a ways in the distance, but with the combination of the fact that he's already taken a bit of a dash and he's jumped on this conveyor belt, um, he's going to be able to close the distance enough to reach into his bag and hurl one of these presents at uh, Chloe. Okay. Which is what he's going to do. So if you could make a deck save, please. 14. So you're going to take half damage and a d6, please. Three. So hurtling towards you is a green present, and it hits you and shatters, and you're covered in this green, goopy ooze, and you take six poison damage. It's almost sort of burning and sizzling. Oh, I like the green ones. It's lime! <laughs> You're tasting it? Close your mouth, honey! <laughs> How do surprise rounds usually work? Uh, so the way they so the way they work is it goes in initiative order still, and basically uh, though the people that are surprised cannot take any actions or reactions on that round, and then it just moves to the next. All right, y'all are gonna get attacked by four elves. Although the three other elves are not as brazen as this one, he seems to be the ringleader. Um, they're just going to try and close the distance, not on a conveyor belt, and they're quite a ways away, so none of them are quite gonna be able to make it inside of 30 feet 
which is what they would need to do to throw these presents at you. But they're they're pretty close to making that. So they kind of skirt around um, the conveyor belts and and dash up, ready to attack on the next turn. And at the top of the initiative is. Well, technically, one of them has a higher initiative than Pyra, who's the top of the player initiative. So, would he go again? Yeah. All right. So, um, this one elf is going to continue moving forward and is now within 30 feet of uh, Chloe. It's going to reach into his bag. And, Chloe, you're going to have to make another deck save, please. Uh, that's a eight. Okay, that's a f- fail. And a d6? Three. Again, with the poison damage, so green package hurls toward you and explodes, and you take five poison damage. I hate lime! <laughs> <laughs> and Pyra. Um, so if I'm behind Chloe, how far am I from the elves? You would be... How, how far are you behind Chloe? Like, right behind, five feet. Okay, so 35 feet. The closest elf? Isn't there one that was closer, that ran up closer? The first one got on a conveyor belt, which would have taken that elf um, within, like, in under 30 feet. So, yeah, you would be about 25 feet from sort of the the cockiest of the elves, the ringleader. Well, okay, I, I know what I... I think I know what I'm going to do. I'm going <laughs> to... How okay? How close are these elves to each other? Sorry, with area of effect, I just want to. Yeah, there's here. one that's 25 feet from you, and then that elf is on its own, about 10 feet to the left of that elf is the group of three, and they're all basically adjacent. Group of three. Okay, so so Pyra's gonna um yeah, Pyra's gonna go up to the group of three. She's gonna she's gonna put herself in the line of fire. She's gonna go right in front of them, uh, using her movement, and she's gonna cast Burning Hands again, which means they all have to do a deck save. And of course, she's singing. Uh, Twenty-four. That passes. Twenty-five. Oh, jeez, dexterous little buggers. And a thirteen. Okay, so the one that rolled thirteen takes sixteen fire damage. The other two take eight, and I'm gonna use a bonus. A- I'm gonna use a bonus action. I'm gonna cast Flame Blade, um, which is a second level spell, and a fiery blade appears in my free hand. And the blade is similar size and shape to a scimitar, and it lasts for up to ten minutes, but it's concentration. Um, and then the blade can be used as a bonus action. So does that mean I can use it this turn? Was it your bonus action to cast it? I guess, right? Yeah, I would assume so. Okay. So I would say no. You can only have one bonus action per turn, I think, right? All right, so I have it for next turn. Remind me to get you to a concentration check if you take damage. Yeah, and I just keep singing, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, but I have fire. Let it burn, let it burn, let it burn. But I'm really hurting my voice at this point, so. <laughs> <laughs> Why does my throat hurt? <laughs> so the ringleader elf that was on the conveyor belt, who is the closest to all of you, is is now up. 
He's going to run up to Chloe and use his multi-attack with his big candy cane. First attack is a 22. That hits. Second attack is also going to be a hit. Higher than 22. Total of 15 bludgeoning damage. Oofs. All right. Next is one of the elves that's in a group of three. It's going to attack uh, the closest person, which is Pyra. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, also going to pull out their candy cane and have a multi-attack. Uh, that's probably not going to be a hit. Uh, nine. It's a miss. Oof. Critical fail. So, yeah. He's not very dexterous, pulls out his candy cane and attempts to swing, but fumbles on the shaft of it a little bit and smacks the elf to the left of him. So I'd like to use a maneuver or a sentinel attack. When a creature within five feet of you makes an attack against a target other than you, you can use a reaction to make a melee weapon attack against the attacking creature. So since Pyra's right next to me, I assume I can uh, take that extra attack as my reaction. Sure. All right. Uh, that's an 11 to hit. Uh, that's a miss. Oh, well, there goes my reaction. Uh, next in line is Chloe. You're up. Ah, perfect timing. Okay, so I'm going to... This this main elf is on the conveyor, right? No, he he got to the end of it and, and jumped off. Okay. It, I'm still standing next to the conveyor. Can I grab anything that's on the conveyor and chuck it at him? Sure, yeah. I, I think... The conveyors are going to be, as time goes on, there's still some things on them, but eventually a lot of the things are making it to the end of the conveyors and falling off. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's like toys and stuff coming down the line, right? Yep. I'm just going to grab whatever the next one is, thinking that they, they do some kind of bad stuff, and chuck it at this guy. Okay. So what, what did I get? Uh, you picked up a green present. It's not fully, you know, it doesn't look complete, but <laughs> it, it's intended, it looks similar to what you've been hit with. Yeah. All right, so he'll, uh, you're going to throw it at the conveyor belt elf. So, um, he fails his deck save. And if you want to roll 2d6. That is a 7. Okay. So he takes 7 poison damage. Very nice. There, you don't like lime either. <laughs> <laughs> and next is Bebop. Bebop springs into action. He sprints towards Pyra. So as Bebop is moving, like he moves at a normal pace, but from the waist up, he moves in slow motion, like his arms moving back and forth in slow motion. But like his legs are moving like normal, so it's not impeding the <laughs> the way he moves. <laughs> but it looks like from the waist up, he's like, yes, I'm I'm going to get to you, Pyra. And he goes to Pyra, so I'm going to use another uh, maneuver here. Uh, I'm going to spend a superiority die and use my bait and switch maneuver. So I'm with when I get to within five feet of Pyra, um, I'm going to expend one die and I'm going to switch places with her. So we're gonna, I'm going to pull her away from being engaged with, with these elves, and I'm going to take that, take her place, as long as Pyra is willing and, and lets me do it. Oh, I'm willing, honey. <laughs> I thought that you might. Just move a little faster. 
<laughs> uh, movement does not provoke opportunity attacks. Uh, I'm going to roll my superiority die, which is, ooh, a seven. So until the start of my next turn, uh, I'm going to give Pyra a bonus to her AC equal to the die rolled, which is seven. And wow. then for my, so that for doesn't take long? any action or anything uh, until until the start of my next turn. So basically wow. a, a round. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to take the dodge action again. I'm going to rip on the block and tackle, go up into my shield, and uh, try to try to take brunt some hits here. That's me. Okay, very good. One of the three elves in the party uh, right in front of you sees this, is a bit confused, uh, pauses for a moment, and is going to reach into his little elf pouch, no, pull stop. out a package, and huck it at you. Stop flinging packages around, honey. You can't <laughs> hide behind that little... It's, it's, not, it's not really a shell. It Whatever. It is a shell, actually. Shell? Well, shield? Shield shells? A shelled? I am a turtle. Of course it's a shell. We'll see about that. All right. Uh, deck save? Oh, boy. 17. Ooh. That is a pass. Oh, you take oh, half damage. Oh, oh, oh. Is he, he's throwing a present? Do you need a D6? I'm throwing a present. Yeah, D6, please. Okay, come on. Three. Ah, one. Fuck. More fire damage. I mean, fudge. More fire damage. <laughs> <laughs> so, seven fire damage. Ugh, okay. That hurts. I, I'm resistant to poison, so I'm hoping for that poison present. <laughs> how is how is Bebop looking? Um, He is... He's doing pretty... He's doing okay. He's doing all right. Okay. All right, and Amelie. Amelie's going to walk in the door on her tiptoes and kind of do some ballet steps closer into the factory. And she's going to put out her fingers and kind of wiggle them towards the closest elf. Oh, those are jazz fingers. I've seen those before. <laughs> <laughs> A cloud of mites, fleas, and other parasites appear on him. He needs oh to make a con save. Ew. It's a 10. He does not make it. All right. And he is infested, and he's going to take poison damage, which is eight. Eight poison damage. And he is going to be moved five feet in a direction. i got to roll a d4 to see which way he's going to go. North. So that's going to... That would be directly back to... Um, away from you. Um, that's going to push him into the conveyor belt. If the direction rolled is blocked, the target doesn't move. Well, I'm going to rule that he has to make a deck save to see if his shirt gets caught in a conveyor belt. Oof. Okay. Is that a good oof very, or a bad very, oof? Very fortunate. No, no. <laughs> he, he passes. So his, uh, his butt bumps up against, well, I guess it would more likely be his, like, shoulders bumps up against uh the conveyor and and you know startles him a little bit but he catches his footing and doesn't get mangled by it and top of the order is one of the elves from the trio uh going to advance on bebop with a multi-attack uh with disadvantage because of my dodge action 
So that's an 11 to hit for the first one. Definitely a miss. And a 16 to hit for the second one. Still a miss. Uh, are you within five feet of me again? Um, well, I, I switched places with Pyro, so if Pyro was, yeah. then uh, yes, she I was, am. Yeah, so I will take my Sentinel attack then for my reaction. Uh, 26 to hit. That's a hit. 25 points of damage. Oof. Okay. Oh, my mother always said, life is like a shell. When you're in it, you never know what's in it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you would know what's in your own shell. Well, I admit it doesn't make much sense, but that's just what she always used to say. I well, get who it. Who am I to argue with your mother? Your mother sounds like Cloaca's mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, she hasn't been to Shelvana yet, but soon. Nah, nah, nah. Just probably distant real. <laughs> Dist- <laughs> I said distant. Ah, nah, nah, just probably distantly related or something. Or very closely <laughs> related. Bebop turns to Chloe. Are you a turtle as well? I don't know. Maybe. I, I mean. I bet you are. Look at her. She's not. I'm going to give them another surprise attack round if you keep this up. (laughs) You're letting us talk. (laughs) Dang it. I never heard of a second surprise attack in the middle of combat. (laughs) I like the way you DM, though. It's getting us in line. Let's go. Every one of us forms our own shell around ourselves, whether that's be physical like mine or emotional like Chloe's. Do not make fun of her, Pyra, for her idiocy. Ooh, he called you out! I look at Bebop confused and I go, Thank you, Bebop! (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Over your head. That wasn't a compliment, you doofus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to shell. I build you one. Alright, when's it my turn to use a sword? It is your turn, Pyra. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to um, do the 15-foot cone again, like moving myself left, right, however I need to, would I get all three again? You can hit all three, yeah, for sure. They're still pretty close to each other. Yeah, we gonna, we gonna, what's the name of it? Burning hands. There's no, like, cap on how many times I can, like, if I have four slots, I can use the same spell four times, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. Alright. I've just never done the same spell so many times in a row. I should ask yeah. Paul Zern about that. Okay. Oh, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to cast Burning Hand so all three of those elves need to make dexterity saves. Uh, nat 20 for the one. They can go drowned in their lime. A seven for the other. Yeah, fail. And a 19. Okay, so, excuse me, uh, full damage. I lo- rolled so freaking low. All right. <laughs> full damage is eight. The two that passed um, get four. But I have a flaming sword. I mean, blade. Um, so the one that's in front or, like, next to me. Yeah, he's he's looking a little worse for wear. 
Okay, so he's the one I'm gonna swing at then. With my flaming blade. 23 to hit. That's a hit. 10 fire damage. And that is enough. That fells him. He goes down right in the midst of his peers. But as long as you love me so. And I just like <laughs> thrust my sword into him. <laughs> Next is one of his buddies who's right beside him. Um, he's going to reach into his bag and throw a present at Pyra. Doesn't show signs of stopping. Uh, deck save for Pyra. And then, and, there's a like a, and then there's like a popping. <laughs> oh, five. That's a, t- yeah, technically, yep, five. And the D6? Six. Six. he pulls out a yellow little gift package present thing hurls it at you and it actually detonates just before you and you see sort of like a beam of bright light streak out and hit you you take six radiant damage and chloe you're up okay where is everybody relative to me now are we still so you've got two two standing elves uh, still alive in front of uh, Bebop and Pyra and then you have the conveyor belt elf who has been pushed back right to the edge of the conveyor okay well I'm standing next to Bebop so I think I'm going to go ahead and try to stab the one closest to me 19 to hit that is a hit 14 points of damage Okay. second attack 23 to hit 20 points of damage and that elf goes down. I'm going to jab it into him, and he falls down onto the ground, and I'll put my foot on his back and yank my sword out and uh, sort of look over at uh, Bebop and, Another converted! <laughs> converted. <laughs> um, Bebop, you are up. So you have one remaining elf in front of you, and then off to the right... A uh, short ways away, near the end of the conveyor, is conveyor belt elf. Back in Chelvana, we would only kill something if we were to eat it. Are we going to eat these elves? And he looks over to fire after her savagery. Heck no, son. Ever tasted elf before? Nah, 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 nah. It's not good. Too much lime. Mm, I do like lime. Perhaps I will eat this elf. And I'll... (laughs) He puts his shield on his back. And he he, he uses... uh, So he raises his gauntlets of his armor. And they kind of start to glow. And he just blasts from the palm of it into this elf. With a critical fail. (laughs) Oh, actually, before we do that, Pyra, you need to make a concentration check. You took damage. You're not allowed to go back. Uh, Hey, I'm the DM. (laughs) 13. It's only been half a turn. 13. 13. So how does this work, Leland? (laughs) So it's 10. It's 10. (laughs) It's 10 or half the damage she took, whichever's highest. So in this case, it's going to be 10. Half is 6. So she passes. Okay. So she, yeah, she passes. You pass this time. Uh Uh-huh. 
You don't even right. know what the check is. We <laughs> do it. All right, carry on, Bebop. Well, I mean, I critically failed with my gauntlet blast. So what? What is the gauntlet blast? It's like a blast of energy, or yeah, it's it's going to be a blast of thunder damage, but it's it's an attack, yeah. Like I'm punching him. Like something bad happens. So it's so, a melee attack. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. I guess, unfortunately, your aim is a little bit off. I think perhaps the fact that you're intending to do so much damage, not something you're used to. So, uh, Pyra, unfortunately, is going to take the brunt of this damage. Well, Pyra takes six thunder damage. Oh, Pyra, I'm, I would never eat you. Ah, you're zapping me. Come on, get better at this pacifying. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna use my bonus action to use. I'm gonna, yeah, use my bonus action to use my defensive field of my armor that I've tinkered with being an artificer. It just kind of starts to, to glow in like this, it looks like a bit of a force field around me kind of starts to form. Uh, just like the, the, glimmers as if it's like blinking on and off kind of thing and uh, I can use that as my bonus action so that gives me three temporary hit points okay very good and that's me that's I'm done so this elf that you were intending to hit they're up next look there's been a bit of a misunderstanding here I wasn't trying to eat you although as a Tortle, we hunt many similarly sized creatures in the ponds of Shelvana quite easily, I might add. You are very frail looking and I will admit quite appetizing. All right, look, f first of all, you're not a stinking turtle, okay? Get it through your thick shell. Look, you I mean, I've get, heard get that all my life. Sling a new insult at me, why don't you? Where is Amelie? About 15 foot in from the door, but not with the rest of them. Um, Alright, so we're going to go with another spicy little gift from his bottomless elven sack. <laughs> is Alamar in there? No, 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 no. Okay, um, so I think he's going to go after... The person who last uh, tried to and also said was going to eat him, um, Bebop. All right, so a deck save from Bebop. Oh, jeez. Okay. Is Bebop not very dexterous? No, uh, five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oof. And a five on my d6. All right, you're lucky. Um, so this is going to be an orange package. So we're going to hurl this orange package at you and... It is going to explode when it hits you, and it just vanishes into nothing. But you feel this force just smash into you, sort of like, well, like like being punched like you just did to Pyra. And you take three force damage. What happened? Oh. I didn't see any smoke. There go my temporary hit point. Not every package is the smoky kind. <laughs> so that little shimmer that was around me kind of like pops up again and then like flickers out completely from that hit. 
Where were we? Who attacked? Oh, it's um, uh, Amelie. You're up. How many elves are there still? There's the one uh, that just attacked Bebop, and then there's the conveyor belt elf. I could use a hand, Amelie. Ah, shoot. Okay. I'm going to pull out my crossbow and aim at the elf next to Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> he's not looking very good, by the way. Not tasty looking? Well, he's looking like he's thoroughly tenderized. Does a 17 hit him? It does. For eight points of damage. Okay. Does that help, Bebop? <laughs> well, before you eat something, you do have to drain out the blood. <laughs> Ew. Draining blood's what I like to do best. You guys are disgusting. <laughs> I love fucking Bebop's naivete and Emily's secret evil. She's Not like so super evil. stabby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that is enough to fell the last of the trios. There's one remaining. We like Yay, to call him. Yeah, I killed the, him. I get ten tempering hit points. Ooh. Noise. So conveyor belt elf is still alive, and he is at the top of the initiative. He's going to run over to close any distance that there is between himself and uh, Chloe and swing with his candy cane. Oof. So that's an eight. Nope. Sorry, a nine. <laughs> Still nope. Okay. And his uh, second attack with the candy cane is uh, 19. 19 still misses. Oof. Oh, so snap. I am going to use Repose as my reaction. When a creature misses you with a melee attack, you can use a reaction to expend one superiority die, which I only have one, uh, to make an attack. Ah, it's a 12. That is a miss. Ugh. You're okay. both whiffing. All right. Pyra. Yeah, both, both the fighters are whiffing. <laughs> one elf remaining, Pyra. All right, so he's, he's in the... He's behind me, like back toward Amelie. He would be sort of, well, he's to your right and maybe a bit behind you. Like if Basically, you turned Basically, he's close enough for me degrees, to move to him, I think. Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay. For sure. And I really do apologize. I can't, like, I cannot without a map, like, visualize. Yeah, I can't. I'm not doing a great job of um. I don't think it's your fault, though. Like, I think it's all is. the time. It's, it's just me. I'm going to, um, with my unfree arm because my my free arm is holding my blazing scimitar I have an actual scimitar that I'm gonna slice it with try to I'm gonna try to de-blood him for Amelie 20 to hit not crit that is not a hit. <laughs> I'm gonna de-blood him I'm gonna de-blood him for you honey yay it's uh, three slashing damage. That's terrible. That was a bit anticlimactic. I know, but then I, so I swing at him with my real scimitar, and then I, as long as you hold me tight, blazing scimitar. <laughs> so my flaming blade, 25 to hit. That's a hit. And uh, 
is 11 damage. And that is enough. The ringleader of the evil elves has been felled and de-blooded, I might add. I de-blooded him for you. Yay! Ooh, I like your scimitar. And I'm going to have a um, handle pops out of my hand and then it forms into this ball on the end with looks like curved daggers, four curved daggers coming out of it. A mace. A mace forms in my hand. Look at mine! Wow. Bebop will start to eat the de-blooded elf. <laughs> What's it taste like? Well, it doesn't taste that great. wonder if you should try it first. <laughs> that's disgusting. Oh, that's a good idea. I wouldn't want to get salmonella. I'm going to look around the place. <laughs> You're going to have to make a um, constitution saving throw for me. <laughs> I mean, I didn't swallow. I'm just chewing. That's what she... Okay. I spit. Bebop spit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're fine. You have a strong constitution as a tortle. He's not a tortle. <laughs> okay, so if you'd like, you can certainly uh, look around the room. Uh, as, I, as I said a bit, maybe I can describe it a, a bit more. Basically, there... There's these network of conveyor belts. That it's just a huge rectangular room for the most part. But there are conveyor belts that go in sort of um, 90 degrees in various orientations and are connected in some spots. So there will be a conveyor belt that would end and then it could be put onto the next conveyor belt and change directions, if that kind of makes sense. There are bits and pieces of toys going along the conveyors um, and now falling off of the ends of them because there are no elves um, manning them anymore. Are there, is there any mechanism, drive mechanism, that we can see that would, is actually turning the conveyor belt that we could destroy to stop the conveyor belt from moving? Yeah, at, at, uh, on one end of each conveyor belt, there is a sort of like a pulley uh, that goes down to the floor, and you can see that it, there's something that would appear to be a, a motor that is driving the pulley and causing these conveyor belts to turn. Okay, I think since we're there to stop these bad presents from being given to the children, so yeah. I think I'll just go down the line and start whapping these uh, motors and, and trying to destroy them. Hey, hey, wait, wait, maybe Bee-Boop can, you know... He's good with machinery. Find a way to turn it off. We don't have to destroy it. Make them go backwards so the presents go back to them. Yeah, that's destroying even Destroying is what we want to do, too, anyway. We want to destroy everything. But maybe the factory could be salvaged to make good presents. Chloe loves good presents. That's not what Santa told us to do. Okay, fine. Yeah, didn't Santa say kill them all? Just a pacifist. <laughs> I'm just a pacifist. <laughs> Alright, whatever. Though that those were Santa's exact words. That's what I heard. He said to put oh. him to sleep. <laughs> I think it was implied. Alright, well I'm taking a few of these presents. I never was very good at implications. I'm taking a few of these presents for the road. We could use them against the bad guys. So well, that's a good idea. Yeah, if if you would like, the presents, uh, just by seeing the 
the presents that are going along the conveyor belts, they don't look like, most of them don't look unfinished. So, um, but if you would like, you can search the elves' bags. Um, you know that they have presents in them. I'd like to and... search a bag. Sure. Same Z's. I'm just going to take a bag because I don't want to know what's in it until it's, <laughs> so until I pull it out. Right. Each bag has four uh, remaining presents in it. So um, each of you can have four presents to take with you. Chloe, you are walking over towards a conveyor belt. Uh, I assume the closest one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you want to... Um, I mean, I suppose uh, there's no longer enemies in the room, so you can you could take as much time as you needed to destroy them, and I will just say that you're you're able to with enough time. Okay, I'll destroy the first one if nobody else stops me. Uh, you destroy it, I'm like, yay, we won! We're done here now, right? We can go? Well, there's more. More what? We can't let this thing keep working. She, 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 de- she destroyed it. Well, yeah, the other one's just still moving, though. Break it! I go over and break another one. Yay, we won! Is there any, like, tables or information or things that, like, Pyra's beyond, like, above this. She wants intel. As you go further into the room, there's a section past the conveyor belts where there are some uh, workbenches. I'll go investigate the workbenches. Sure. As you search the workbenches, um, these seem like they're just the workbenches that these elves were using to make these toys. Um... Okay. You can find uh, on top of them some sort of crude uh, blueprints for the various different toys, uh, what goes inside them, the explosives, and the different ingredients to create the effects from the different uh, potions, but no no sort of like high-level plans of what Krampus might be up to, any of that sort of thing. All right. Um, and past the... So this is a, sort of a, a clearing where there's no conveyor belts and there are workbenches. And past that, you see another double door, like you entered uh, into this factory through that leads to presumably another section of the factory. I think once, uh, once we stop all the conveyors from working, I walk over to the door, say, there might be more in here. Whoa, okay. Open the door. So, uh, directly behind the door, it's a, a much smaller area, sort of rectangular shape. You could either go left or right. To the right of you is uh, another another door, not a double door, just a single door. And to the left are stairs leading up. And then if you were to go around those stairs and not take them, you can see there's another small door there as well. I open the door to the right. If you ever get lost in Chalvana, always turn to the right. The right makes a circle like that of a shell, and you'll find yourself at home in Chalvana. That's so sweet. I find it quite comforting. Which way's right? (laughs) (laughs) So, So through the door to the right... Chloe, hold your hands out in front of you with your thumbs sticking straight towards each other. Okay, I do that. I know this trick. You see how your left hand, your your finger, your first finger, and your thumb make an L? Yes, it makes the start of an S. And then the second (laughs) one makes the other part of the S. 
which is the first letter of shell. Are you giving an S? Yes, you just have to manipulate the digits a little bit and then you get S for shell. Ah, very good, Avali. So, S for shield hand. Ah. Uh? And right for sword hand. But what is a shell if not a shield and a sword? Well I don't... done, Chloe. I... I walked through the right door. (laughs) 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 Okay. So, Chloe, you walk into this sort of medium-sized room, far, far, far smaller than the large factory floor that you were on, but it looks like a a break room. It's got a couch, some chairs, um, there's a little kitchenette with... uh, a coffee machine. There are some cupboards. Oh, are there any snacks? You can certainly um, look I'm for going the to cupboards start if you bagging like. open cupboards and looking sure. for you snacks. You can eat in health. <laughs> I was going to say, if you are hungry, there are many dead elves, many classified elves. <laughs> well, perhaps your palate is a little different than that of a turtle. Uh, Amelie, can you make an investigation check for me? I rolled a one. That's a total of five. <laughs> You're not... You see... You definitely find some things in here. You don't recognize any of them and aren't quite sure what they are. Um, I'm going to pick one up. And is it like a package? Like a chips package kind of thing? Yeah, there are some packaged things. Uh, some packaged goods. There are some sort of glass jars um, of things in there as well. I'm going to open a package and smell it. It smells um, pleasant enough, if perhaps a bit stale. Um, It maybe was a lot more satisfying three to six months ago. Hey, Boo-Boo, try this, try this. And I'm going to shove one in his face. (laughs) I'll, like, snap at it like a snapping turtle. (laughs) There are such things as snapdragons, so... (laughs) <laughs> These are um, herb and garlic uh, crackers. Just plain crackers. Oh, much better than elf. I grab a handful and shove it in my mouth. <laughs> but not as good as mackerel, which is the number one fish in the ponds of Shelfana. I don't think I've ever had fish. Eating, and my mother prepared in many excellent ways. I'm definitely gonna have to come visit you sometime. That sounds like a lot of. That sounds really good. Shelvana is quite lovely. A paradise, actually. I oftentimes wonder why I ever left. Well, if you had, (laughs) you never would have met us. If you're gonna keep talking. I'll sit and take a short rest. Your stories take forever. (laughs) I still continue to wonder why I ever left. Enough about Shelvana. I'm looking at my right and left hands. (laughs) (laughs) So, for anyone who wants to take a short rest, um, this does seem like a safe enough place to do it from from what you can tell. Um, You can certainly try. Bebop can dig it for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll do that. I mean, an hour yeah. is like two stories from Bebop. Exactly. Two of these <laughs> Shelvana nonsenses. <laughs> I'm biting my tongue because I don't want to wreck my voice anymore. You will benefit from a short rest and you will not be disturbed. While you're taking the short rest, you're welcome to look around more and, and uh, study any more of the goods in there. If there any, if there's anything else you want to try out and taste, I'm gonna open one of the jars. Okay. I'm at full health again. Me too. So inside this jar, it smells um, like coffee. It's sort of a uh, caramely black liquid. It's, a, it's quite a small jar. Anyone who'd like to, who's close enough to take a look at it, can make an investigation check or um, or a history check if you'd like, whichever you prefer. 17 for my investigation. This is a potion of elven espresso. <laughs> um, it, it acts like a potion of speed. <laughs> I've tried speed. Dude, we need to give Beboop some speed. Try this. Try this stuff. My mother always said I was always the fastest of my brothers and sisters. Take a drink. How fast will this make me go when I'll take a, take a glug? So a potion of speed will give you the effect of the haste spell for one minute. Uh, this seems like a waste. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look through, look through the other jar and see if there's another one. <laughs> there is. Yay! <laughs> there are put, two more, actually. I'm gonna put one in my We're sack. We're just gonna waste them for this. <laughs> I'm gonna put it in my sack and give the other one a bee boop. <laughs> Beboop certainly does feel uh, very energized and as though if he wanted to, he could perhaps speak more quickly, but... Well, thank you very much. This is really great. I'm like, I can't believe he's giving me this most intelligent. I'm so very excited. Show you know, when I was Shilvana, going up, this reminds me of a very excellent story when I was swimming and I, one time and I, I dove too deep and I didn't know what to say and I almost drowned. Even though I'm a turtle, I don't understand why, why I couldn't breathe underwater. I'm just raptly listening to this. All my attention's on him. Shalvana, 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 my mom. Unfortunately, now you are suffering from one level of exhaustion. <laughs> that's how to DM right there. And that's our show. Thank you so much, listener, for tuning in. I'm going to keep this one short. Everybody here at the Incursion Party, which is you all a very safe and happy holidays, no matter what you may or may not celebrate. Stay tuned, New Year's Day, for part two, the finale of Krampusnacht. <laughs>